0: This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. What will you be remembered for? Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action inspires others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now. Give later. Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. For
1: hundreds of years, we brought you the news. For info, we gave you the clue.
0: Hello, welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indy podcast, a weekly local news talk show from valleyindy.org in in Sonia, Connecticut. My name is Eugene Driscoll. I'm a reporter with valleyindy.org. Today's episode is Seymour-centric. My guests are Seymour First Selectman Kurt Miller. Welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Miller.
2: Always a pleasure to be here.
0: And Stefan Bohuniak, a member of the Seymour Board of Selectmen and the chairman of the town's Democratic Committee. Hello, Stefan.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Stefan's feeling a little under the weather, so we're going to try to run through this as quickly as possible uh, before he passes out. And I, <laughs> I basically thought, like, the format, I have one or two topics I want to bounce off you guys. Uh, and then we have a whole bunch of Seymour-related questions from Valley Indie Facebook readers. Uh, and then I maybe will conclude by uh, running through uh, the proposed budget or the budget edit- it's not proposed, the budget at this point, uh, which goes to voters in the spring. So, Kurt, I wanted to start uh, with you, if that's okay. Sure. I keep getting, I, I got to run a rumor by you. I've gotten a couple of messages, uh, Facebook messages and emails saying that you now work for the city of Ansonia in some capacity. What is this? I haven't asked you about it. I haven't even really responded to the messages, but what what's the deal, if any?
2: Uh, I've been asked by Mayor Cassetti to help with the budget process, to help him uh, put his budget together that he presents to their board of finance, which I believe is uh, appropriations and taxation, I believe is how they say it. So, Yeah, there's a, a rumor floating around that I've become the finance director of the town of Ansonia, and that is uh, just not true at all.
0: Yeah, even one of the, one of the questions I saw when I just before we went on I was checking all the all the questions and uh, is this is this a part-time paid position? Are there like official hours to it or how does it work? And, and I guess the concern among uh, any potential naysayers is that this is going to interfere with your stewardship of the town of Seymour. So, what specifically is uh is 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 it paid or not paid or what?
2: Um, I'm just helping out nights and weekends. Um, to be honest, just going over some different things. Their budget is already partially put together, so they've asked me to come in, look at some different spots, uh, places where we've been able to make changes and see more to uh, change the structure of our budget. Um, those are the things that I'm looking for in Antonia. Like tonight, I was going to come down there uh, for about an hour or two and then come over and do the podcast, um, so it's it's that type of stuff.
0: Okay, and is it is it a paid position, or you're consulting, or you're just doing it? To, I know, because they just had their comptroller, I want to say, retire. Who Rich? I don't know Rich Bashar's official title, but he just retired. He was their guy. Yeah, I believe his
2: title was, was comptroller, I believe, but he's still there working on a part-time basis. Okay. Uh, so essentially what it is, is any questions that I have, I just reach directly out to Rich. Rich provides me all the information, kind of does all the legwork, and then I'm just reviewing the data that, that comes back.
0: And have you, so you're getting paid for this. Is this like a company you set up to do this type of thing, to help other towns? or?
2: I have not gotten paid. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've always talked about opening some type of consulting business. But I've looked at some di- some different models and things as to how that would be done, but I have not set anything up as of yet, and I haven't really started soliciting clients. Okay. Uh, this was more, you know, Mayor Cassetti reached out to ask for help, um, and I said that I, w- I would provide that. Will there be some compensation at some point? Uh, I would hope so, but there's been no compensation
0: at this point. Okay, so you're not you don't have a contract or anything like that. Uh. No. All right. No. Now, Stefan, is there any? Uh, you're, Stefan's also the head of the Democratic Town Committee. Uh, Kurt Miller is a Republican. So, is there are there any concerns among people uh, in Seymour about whatever the, the arrangement is or anything like that? Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard some concerns. Um, you know, I don't know anything more about it than what Kurt has just said, essentially. Um, you know, I had heard rumors, but they were just rumors. So I would uh, certainly like to know a little bit more about it so we can kind of assess if, uh, you know, how, how good that arrangement might be for the town of Seymour.
0: Have you two already talked about this or, or am I bringing it up? No. Really? Oh, okay.
2: No, no, no. I mean, it's, it, listen, it's something that I'm doing in my free time to help out. I think, if anything, it should speak volumes of the work that's been done in Seymour over the last eight years that the neighboring town is reaching out to us for assistance putting their budget together. So I think, if, if nothing, it's it's quite flattering, to be quite honest.
0: Okay. And then changing... And this, is there anything else anybody wanted to add on that uh, topic? No. No, not at the moment. All right. Then, So changing gears drastically, I wanted to just talk about briefly, and I don't know how much you guys can even talk about this, but it's been out forever. It's in Back in January, uh, the Seymour Police Department issued a press release about a sexual assault that had occurred three years prior uh, in the high school. And I don't know, let me just quickly, if anybody's unfamiliar with this, I'm just going to read from the press release. It's, it's, it's short. Seymour Police Detectives has, have concluded their investigation into an incident at Sumer, Seymour High School with the arrest of a former male student, athlete associated with the football team the male student turned himself in at the seymour police headquarters on monday uh that was december 17th 2018 after learning detectives held a warrant for his arrest the male who is now of legal age was charged as a juvenile in accordance with state statutes the male was charged and processed with the following offenses sexual assault in the third degree assault in the third degree risk of injury to a minor and reckless endangerment in the second degree He was given a written promise to appear in court, and that's now a closed uh, proceeding because it's juvenile court uh, up in Waterbury. The arrest stems from an investigation which began in May of 2018. At that time, the Seymour Police Department were notified by the Department of Children and Families that a male student athlete was alleged to have been assaulted by another male athlete in the football locker room. The victim and the accused were members of the Seymour High School football team alleged to have occurred nearly three years ago in August of 2015. In addition, this investigation revealed that this was a one-time incident that had occurred and was not part of a hazing or annual ritual. No further arrests are expected, and this investigation is closed. And that was from the Deputy Chief of Police up in Seymour, again, back in January. And maybe I'm grandstanding, or this is a personal opinion here. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're talking about a victim who was underage at the time of this alleged sexual assault. So no respectable publication in Connecticut that I'm aware of would ever print that person's name uh, without that person's permission. So that's all obvious. But I was sort of surprised at how this sort of... That was the all we know about this. The last line of that press release notes, it wasn't hazing, but I still don't know how it came to be that a student uh, was sexually assaulted at the high school three years ago. We don't know whether the suspect had a, some kind of history of violence or bullying or harassment. And we really know nothing. We don't know why it took three years to come to light. We don't know how DCF got involved. Where were the adults or supervisors or were there was there anybody there? Where were people in the moments after this happened? Were there any employees disciplined in any way? If so, why? What specific transgression in their disciplinary record has been cited? I'm just is, is anybody looking? And I've asked all this of, of the uh, school district as well, I, the day this came out and the police department. But is there anyone looking at like what happened or reviewing policies, not trying to place blame because like bad things happen, but it, it just, the press release was released and that was it. Uh, I'm just wondering, is that the way we handle an incident like this in 2019? Has anybody talked to the school district about transparency or anything like that?
2: Um, at this point, um, I'll defer all questions uh, to Chief Sikowski and to Superintendent Wilson. Uh, it's not a, it's not ongoing. well now it's a closed police investigation, uh, so any details with regards to the case itself?
0: They're saying nothing.
2: Or any charges that were brought, I would refer you to the state prosecutor's office. Uh, we have had internal discussions uh, with regards to the situation and... There was a full investigation on the Board of Education side, full investigation by the Seymour Police Department. Um, It was determined it was an isolated incident, and that's all that we'll comment on at this point.
0: And then if anybody's not aware, uh, third-degree sexual assault. A person is guilty of sexual assault in the third degree in Connecticut when such person, one, compels another person to submit to a sexual act, to sexual contact by the use of force against such other person or a third person, or B, by the threat of the use of force against such other person or against a third person, which reasonably causes another person to fear physical injury. Uh, So it's it's a serious charge, and I guess I understand that the investigation's over, but uh, you would think that there's some type of review of what happened, at least logistically, which of course would be comment commented on publicly because you're not talking about a specific person, but have you heard of anything, any new policies in place regarding uh, anything, uh, you know, supervision or mandatory reporting or anything in, in the school district as a result?
2: The Board of Ed has done a full review and investigation and has made the appropriate changes. And again, I won't comment on specifics at this point.
0: Oh, okay. When you say appropriate changes, though, what, does, uh, what, what were some of the uh, security cameras or something? You can be more specific than that.
2: Are you recommending that we put security cameras in the in the locker rooms?
0: No, I'm just trying to get you to give a little information that's more than boilerplate.
2: Well, you know you're not going to get that.
0: So, sorry. So, there is some type of change made? I guess my I'm just asking that I, because... Good.
2: I just don't want to comment on it because, again, there's a lot of legal moving pieces that are going on. Um, the case itself uh, involved minors, and I'm just not going to open at the power the count- at the time. Right, and, I'm not and gonna we would never. I would, I would like I said, at the legisla- to uh, legal action by commenting. I okay, won't. So... it's definitely not my place to comment if the chief of police, the superintendent or the state's attorney would like to provide more information. That's certainly within their prerogatives.
0: And then in general, I've been reading uh, some of the uh, register or post or one and the same stories about there is this issue of transparency that that people like to talk about. Uh, is there, and I've been reading it, uh, that the school board is going through some, uh, uh, I guess, hurdles in terms of sports organization, and there's been people complaining from the public about or possible lack of transparency. Stefan Bohuniak, is there any truth to this? Or could we be more open even in some way, even though it's a horrible thing? Or are we just saying, no, we can't, we can't say anything. So I, I like her. I,
3: I definitely don't want to get anywhere near the specifics of this case. Um, right. And I'm not know, asking that, and, about
0: specifics at right. all. I'm, I, it's wrapped up and I'm asking about what we've learned from okay. it. Essentially.
3: Sure. Yeah. I, I think, um, and it's not, it's not, uh, you need to do I think that the uh, the school side the, the Board of Education side of things um, is uh, we, we've seen some some issues within the community from people not feeling like um, they're getting the kind of information that they need and that they deserve I uh, you know I, I would agree with that assessment to a large extent I've had pretty long conversations with the people on the Board of Education that I know and um, they seem to, to share some of the same concerns uh, but you know, there's, there's been a number of incidents going on at the school that I think warrant public attention that are just kind of being, um, you know, and Eugene you know this, like you have to FOI. If you have to FOI routine information, It's there's probably a problem. And there was, you know, well over a hundred people at a Board of Education meeting last week um, kind of saying the same thing, hey, we'd like to get some information, um, you know, especially when the students are... are compromise in some way, for example, by having uh, being down one or two assistant principals, um, having issues within the sports program, which obviously um, some of those are debatable about how big of an issue they are. But you know, there's there's a, a real there's a real lack of transparency happening right now um, to some degree, and I think it starts with the top. I think um, the superintendent has has heard these concerns. I think he will hopefully be doing a better job going forward of, of engaging the public with when these concerns come up. Um, and I would hope that the uh, Board of Education would follow suit as well.
0: And I guess not to, because now I feel, uh, you know, a bad picking on the school district. although I did ask these questions of the superintendent. Uh, obviously, it is a good thing when you have 100 people turn out at a school board meeting, really, no matter what the reason, because that means they're concerned parents, and, and that's the lifeblood of a community, uh, as opposed to having, you know, Board of Ed meetings where it's just tumbleweeds. All right. Moving on. You guys ready to move on? Sure. Yep. This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. What will you be remembered for? Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action inspires others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now. Give later. Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. Going to Facebook. The valley Indy facebook page let me just bring it up wait that's my facebook page i was recording some horror movie podcasts over the weekend but we had a ton of questions i was amazed how many questions uh putting up like a uh, photo of you two guys
2: uh well we're we're good looking guys yeah yeah,
0: I deleted some of the jokier ones. I was like, I was in no mood for jokes, darn it. But uh,
2: <laughs> I want to know what a fox says. I couldn't
0: figure that one out. Oh, that's uh, ding, 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 ding. Your kids are brothers? your kids are a little older, yeah. So that yeah, that's like I know that from my my uh, kindergarten daughter. Oh, okay. Okay, so that the first funny. so the first question, yeah, it's a reference to a pop song. The first question is, I, and in this one, I know you guys probably can't answer, but I'm going to say it because the person took the time to write it. Uh, so I'll pose it to you. It's from Maggie Ang. And she said, sure, why does Seymour spend zero dollars on the gifted and talented end of the special education spectrum? These children have special learning needs as well. Uh, and then people point out that it's a school board issue. I don't know, if they, did you want to address that uh, any other way, uh, Stefan or First Selectman Miller?
2: Um, that's uh, something that I actually wasn't aware of. So it's a question I'll ask uh, tomorrow. I know that the Board of Ed has been working hard to increase the amount of AP and advanced level courses that we have at the high school. Um, so that's something I'll, I'll look into. It's a good question. I honestly don't have the answer. to
0: Yeah, and there's actually a thread under there that is uh, very good. People just talking about the issue. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I think
3: it's a good question. I um, obviously I don't I don't have anything to do with the Board of Education budget, but. Uh, I was actually in, um, it was called Gemini when I was there, and that was a talented and gifted program um, for, for several years. Uh, I, think it, I think it could definitely be something useful, and I think it's proven to be useful, especially if you start at a younger age, keep kids engaged, especially when the classes are more generalized. And, you know, so I think I, it's something that we'd be looking at uh, you know, investing in, might be a good idea.
2: And that's a program I was in as well, and there's obviously a little bit of an age difference between the two of us, so it's a program that Seymour had for many years so it'll be interesting to see kind of what the reasoning is behind why we don't have it. and So it's a good question.
0: Okay. And, then, and Kurt, if you could just speak up slightly. I'm having trouble matching your audio. You guys are both on the same track. So Kurt, if you could just speak up a little, uh, it would uh, help me. Uh, this is from Jenny Ames. What are you doing to build the tax base? I wanted to move to Seymour, but the taxes are on the high side. To you, Mr. Miller.
2: Well, that's that's kind of a two-pronged question, so we'll address the tax issue first and then we'll move to what we're doing to improve the grant list. Um, Again, taxes in comparison to other communities are not actually as high as people think. What everyone talks about is the mill rate. The mill rate is nothing more than a multiplier to determine how much tax that you would pay, and everyone talks about Shelton being um, you know, people pay substantially less taxes in Shelton, but the home values or the assessed values of the homes in Shelton are actually substantially higher than in Seymour. So by having a mill rate, I believe theirs is in the low 20s. Uh, so if we have a house that's valued at 200,000, they have a house, same house valued at 400,000, their mill rate should be half of ours. That's just the way that works out. So. You know, you can't necessarily say because our mill rate is 36 that our taxes are high. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that our taxes are low. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that our taxes don't need to be reduced because that's not the case. But I just want to make sure that people understand that. We spend a, a lot of time over the last uh, five or six years stabilizing the budget. The increases that we ask in tax dollars that come from the residents have dropped dramatically over the last seven years where increases used to be you know two and a half three four percent the increases now are generally less than one percent actually this year was the highest at point nine percent so again we're doing all that we can to control taxes and more importantly to keep the amount of money that is being paid by the residents out Uh, with regards to what we're doing to bring more business in, a lot of it comes to stabilizing your community. And Again, I use the example that Seymour is Shelton 25 years ago. When Shelton first started out, they put a plan in place, they brought some stability and some structure, they were able to bring in some um, higher net worth investors uh, that wanted to start making those investments, and they've done that. We're starting to see that, so again, we're Shelton 20 years ago. We're starting to see all of this take place. Um, you know, I had a very positive meeting with, uh, Larry Janeski today had, uh, we'll be having a meeting with Ron Spector cause I'll just cut your question off on Triton. There is a, yeah, there is a Triton um, question.
0: Yeah, that's there.
2: Uh, on Monday about, uh, development or potential development that's going on there. And we have a few other projects in town that are going in. Those are things that people talk about, but again, what they don't see is up on the hill you know, the 30 to $40 million over the last five or six years that's been, invest- been reinvested by Thule Basement Systems, MPI, and some of the other companies, that hasn't rolled through yet because of the tax incentive plan. So as that oh. money starts to come through, that is substantially more economic development than it's going on in Ansonian Derby combined. So again, because it's not amenities, as I'll call them, people say there's no economic development. I would rather Thule and Basement Systems get together and put the 11 million dollar project together that is just about completed versus having two stores going to Triton Plaza. It's substantially more sustaining to level taxes in the town of Seymour.
0: Stefan, is there anything you wanted to add to the first selectman's comments regarding the tax base and economic development?
3: Um, no, not not particularly. I think that uh, Kurt is, is right about um, the mill rate, people like to get caught up in the mill rate a lot, and uh, I think it's more useful to just look at the average amount of taxes paid on a home um, and, and, you know, compare that with the, the property values.
2: And if I can add something else, Stefan, uh, I mean, Eugene, uh, we have a new economic development commission that's pretty much been put into place. Mm-hmm. Stefan and I have kind of collaborated on bringing some new blood in to get some people... Uh, to kind of take it in a different direction. Over the last couple of months, they've been working hard uh, to determine what we're going to look like going forward. And we're kind of at the, the five-yard line with that. And I would expect uh, probably in the next month or so, I think you'll hear an announcement as to the direction that we're going to, uh, to take. We've been fortunate to get a good group of people um, that have come together that really want to make this thing take off.
0: Okay, that's good news. Uh, next question is from uh, Margaret Mirabelli. Please pave Holbrook Road. It's the worst road in Seymour. I think I think we've addressed that, or you've addressed yeah, that before. That'll yeah, be paved
2: this year, right? Yeah. The um, actually, I, I spoke this morning at a meeting with uh, Brian Aster, our town engineer. Uh, it is currently in third party review. Uh, once third party is review, it gets kicked up to the state for a final review. We expect to be going out to bid this spring. Uh, with work to begin late summer and the project to be finished next spring. Uh, All in all, it's going to be about a $5 million project.
0: Bam. There you go, Margaret Mirabelli. Uh, This one is from Cynthia Allen Saucy. I apologize if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly. At the intersection of Pearl and Maple, uh, can you fix the traffic lights so people can turn safely onto Pearl Street? Traffic in the afternoon is insane. And sometimes we have to wait two or three times to turn when our light is red, which is very unsafe. I guess, um, I mean, she, she, I guess as a resident, that's is, are those issues your police commission deals with if somebody wrote a letter?
2: Uh, well, uh, the police commission is, or the police chief, I should say, is the traffic um, authority. Yeah, okay. the authority in the town of Seymour. But someone could send a letter to the police commission, e- even by sending that Facebook message. Uh, we'll have public works reach out to the state and have them take a look at the light and its pattern. Uh, that's not something that we can arbitrarily just change. Um, the state would need to send somebody down to take a look at it just to analyze the traffic flow
0: Okay, and, and that...
2: set it up that way. I mean, it's a hard thing to do, but it's just not something we can just fix overnight.
3: Yeah, I'd love to see a left-turn signal uh, coming up Maple Street there. it's I used to make that ride every day, and it's... a uh, it's it's pretty pretty intense in the afternoon to try to make that left hand turn.
0: Yeah, Cynthia got five likes and two follow up comments agreeing with her. So, uh, oh yeah,
2: definitely it's it's a busy road, it's cut through road. So it's you know to Stavon's point, there's a lot of people.
0: And then uh, Maggie Yang again also have they driven on Moss Avenue ever? It's so riddled with car swallowing potholes, and I'm constantly surprised that accidents don't occur on a daily basis.
2: <laughs> Moss Avenue. <laughs> where's Moss Avenue <laughs> I'm just kidding um, no we, we definitely have to her point um, we just got a review from uh, the town engineer uh, about what has been accomplished to date with roads uh, you know, the board is, is working very hard to get as much of the road work done as it possibly can unfortunately our predecessors um, didn't put the same priority on roads that the seven of us have have placed on it, um, so we're doing our best to catch up. We've done about twenty five percent of the roads in the town of Seymour over the last four years. Uh, so if we continue this this pace, we'll eventually get caught back up. Caught back up, but by the time we get caught back up, we're going to have to start redoing roads again.
0: But then Maggie so. Yang has. Uh, yeah, it's amazing how many people ask about roads. So I could
2: just actually, if I could just add something sure,
3: to sure. the roads thing. I um I think we're actually. We, we've seen a lot of improvement on the roads, due mostly to um, to bonding from a couple of years ago, and I think that we might have to start looking at, at trying to issue another bonding um, to address some of the further roads. Uh, we really the roads have been in really bad shape. I think uh, it's something that people are starting to get used to. is starting to see us improving roads on the town level, and I would like to keep that momentum going. Um, you know, it's it's an investment in the town, and it's an investment in people's uh, happiness, and really in people's you know, their car is not breaking down on the side of the road. So I think it's uh, that's a sound place to try to try to put some money towards. And
0: then Maggie Yang uh, said, now for something completely different, I do want to thank the Department of Public Works for always being super responsive about plowing. I live on a really narrow hilly road and work in the ICU. Sometimes I give them a call when I'm getting ready to go to work, and they're great about swinging by with a plow. So that's a nice uh, shout-out to your DPW. Uh, and that actually somebody agreed with Maggie. Then uh, from Aggie Parlak, uh, we've sort of half addressed this, but now that Ames is torn down, what's next? When do we get in our Apple Store, Whole Foods, Chuck E. Cheese, Trader Joe's? Trader Joe's? Traders,
2: yeah, you forgot Trader Joe's.
0: Sorry. When's that happening?
2: D- Dave and Buster's. That's what I
0: wanted. Dave and Buster's. <laughs>
2: um, no, I had a, uh, a conversation with uh, Mr. Specter last week, and then we're scheduled to. Uh, have a conference call on either Monday or Tuesday. We're just trying to iron out the details uh, with myself, um, our planning, uh, director Jim Galligan, and our town council, uh, just to go over a potential proposal uh, to see if it if it makes sense.
0: Okay, so there's another development proposal uh, in the works possibly for Tritown Plaza now that there's been some significant demolition.
2: Yeah, we've seen um, a definite uptick in interest in the property now that the buildings are down and people can kind of visualize uh, the site. Plus, uh, to be honest, I think the old, uh, you know, that 100,000 square feet of buildings, I think, kind of held things up a little bit.
0: Okay. Uh, then moving on, I'm sorry if I'm rushing, but I figure we'll, we'll, we'll do lightning rounds with these. This one is for Mr. Bohuniak from Richard Demko. Uh,
2: Oh, good. Hold on.
3: Hold on.
0: (laughs) I believe—is he he the head of the Republican (laughs) Party?
3: This should be fair and balanced.
2: He's vice chair.
0: (laughs) Vice chair of the town Republican committee, or the Republican town committee. Ask Mr. Bohuniak—I'm supposed to ask this. I'm doing enough work here, Richard. I'm just kidding. Ask Mr. Bohuniak if he supports the Democrat-introduced bills to regionalize school districts to implement a statewide car tax that distributes municipal tax dollars to underfunded cities, and if he supports a grocery tax— so, where do you oh, stand boy. on all well, these uh, hot button state level? So, issues?
3: fortunately, I, I have nothing to do with any of these issues, but I could give a little bit of two cents on them. Um, you know, the regional regionalizing school districts I actually think is a good is a good idea but that will never happen. Um, you know, it's one of those things in regionalization. The biggest staller in my you know, in my opinion, is that nobody ever wants to be on the quote-unquote losing side of a regionalization. Yeah. So, for example, um, you know, Ansonians may hate Derby and Derbyites enough to say, hey, we're, we're going to be taking on Derby's problems, we don't want that, and vice versa. Uh, despite the fact that, the, you know, the two cities from an outside perspective couldn't be more similar, it, wouldn't make any, it couldn't possibly make any more sense for them to regionalize, and that's just an example. I mean, there's probably countless examples like that around the state, but if somebody feels like they're going to be losing out, uh, they'll never go for it. Implementing a statewide car tax, the one thing I've seen about that would actually uh, reduce the car tax a lot for Seymour. So from that perspective, I would uh, certainly be in favor of it. You know, but that, that also gets to the, both of those kind of get to the point of, um, you know we, we have a real problem where our, our cities, particularly Hartford, uh, just can't really survive based on the number of people that they have and uh, the lack of taxable property they have. The state of Connecticut, whenever they made decisions to, to create 169 municipalities, was a uh, a very short-sighted plan, in my opinion. Um, you know, they so Hartford, for example, can't tap into the resources in West Hartford and East Hartford and Avon and all the surrounding communities. Uh, you know, where they could actually tap into some tax dollars that they're losing out by having so many hospitals and universities, which are tax exempt in the city. Um, so, you know, another great thing that I don't think would ever happen. I couldn't imagine the uh, the good folks of West Hartford ever saying that they would uh, agree to you know, take on the burdens of Hartford. So unfortunately it gets put on the entire state, um, which is something nobody really likes. Uh, and in terms of the grocery tax, that's the silliest one. Literally nobody's in favor of that. It was never actually proposed. Uh, that's just a fun Republican talking point uh, in my opinion.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Asked and answered. Uh, This next question is from Kellyanne. What is being built at the corner of Route 67 and Silvermine Road?
2: I believe it was already answered in the comments. Uh, But there's a person that is looking to consolidate all of Greenlight Auto uh, into into one place. I haven't personally seen the proposal, uh, but I guess it's it's making its rounds through planning and zoning, ZBA, uh, so on and so forth.
0: Okay, that was that. Uh, and then there's another question about Holbrook really needs to be paved. Uh, it's from Karen Ritchie. The ice situation at the bottom of Maple Street is dangerous. The sidewalk's impassable. The ice extends into the road. This was never a problem to the. Uh, and then I don't want to. Well, I don't want to say what the private landowner is allegedly doing. Uh, I think I'll wind yeah, up in court.
2: That's one I wasn't uh, aware of. So we'll take a look at that tomorrow.
0: Yeah, what's the best way if somebody's driving along or they see like a neighborhood nuisance like that? What's the best thing? What's the best way to handle that? I mean, obviously, asking you directly on the Valley Indie or indirectly on the Valley Indie podcast is good, but
2: if if they send uh, if they go onto the website, there's a a button "Report an Issue." If they go in and click that, it then breaks it down by different categories, Um, and depending on the category, it'll be sent directly to the stakeholder that's responsible for it. And a copy also comes to me, so we're able to track um, you know, the, the, what's coming in and then also how they're being followed up on and fixed. Okay. So that's that's the best way to do it. Or, as it, crazy as it is, send a Facebook message.
0: Oh, okay. Everyone sees those. All right. Yep. Uh, or somebody sees them in the town, I mean, that that can yeah, pass it along.
2: Yeah, that's definitely, you know, send it to the Office of the First Selectman. Some people send it to me directly to my personal page. Mm-hmm. Um, the office page is, is monitored every day. A lot of times, I don't even look at my page for a couple of days, and I might not respond right away. Uh,
0: and then the next question is from Julie Lynn, and then this is this is the last question because I already asked you about the uh, the the thing in Ansonia, consulting in Ansonia, because uh, there was one question about that. Julie Lynn, so extending term for first selectment of four years was a good idea. I personally didn't like the way that question was tied together with term limits as a referendum question. Any chance those can be voted on again as separate questions?
2: I'll let, uh, I'll, I'll let Stefan handle that
0: one. Yeah,
2: all right, good. Um,
3: <laughs> sure, so that's actually an interesting take from Julie because uh, you know that question was perhaps the most confounding to me considering uh, term limits as a uh, what do you call it? Um, well, well yeah, term limits as a whole which was an advisory question uh, passed at about five to one. Uh, meanwhile the extending the first selectmen four to four-year terms Tied with term limits was rejected narrowly Uh, so to me that that seems like people would would feel the opposite way that Julie would where uh, people are in favor of term limits but not in favor of the four-year term I personally am in favor of both strongly Um, however it's you know unless we were able to somehow ask all 7,000 people or so that voted on these questions I I don't think we'll ever be able to figure out what people were actually thinking when they uh, Went into the, into the polling place to vote for our uh, referendum questions. Um, with that said, we can do another charter revision pretty much any time. Uh, we, we've actually debated this a little bit on the board uh, recently based on the kind of conflicting results that we've heard and uh, some of the things that we think can get passed if they're worded differently or if uh, people understand them a little more. Um, so I, I would be in favor of, of doing another charter revision sooner or later. I, I describe it as, you know, striking while the iron is hot, while people have some sort of idea that it's coming, and, and they might do a little more research now that they have more information. So I would like to see it done, at, you know, as soon as possible. Um, and, and I think we might see some some different results.
0: Okay. Uh, so that, those are all the questions that I see. We had 45 comments total uh, which is pretty cool. That reached about 3,000 people and about 500 people, I guess, engaged, whatever that means, in Facebook land. <laughs> uh, and so to wrap this up, uh, first, Selectman Miller, you recently appeared before the town's finance Committee, or what's the proper name, Board of Finance? Board of Finance, yeah. Board of Finance, to uh, propose a budget, which you touched upon a little bit earlier. But uh, let's go through some uh, you know, basic budget highlights. I guess the headline is that uh, no mill rate increase proposed this year uh, in the town of Seymour, because you've grown your grand list, apparently?
2: Uh, yes, the growth, j- just the organic growth in the grand list um, was enough to cover the expenses as they currently sit, but we caveated a few things uh, that we don't have final numbers on that could uh, could change that number, either up or down, just depending on how they come in.
0: And what, how much is your the total budget that you proposed, uh, town and school, I guess, combined?
2: Oh, boy. Uh, off the top of my head, right around $57 million.
0: Oh, yeah, I actually have uh, Gene Fabo sasavichs article in front of me. So it says $57.2 million yeah. uh, dollar bottom line. The overall spending increase is about a million dollars from budget to budget. That's about right?
2: Uh, you give or take between the town and the Board of Education. Yes.
0: Now, how... Uh, confident are you that you'll be able to stick with these numbers because from what I remember and I should note we're doing this being via, via Facebook Messenger so my children are running around uh, somebody's dog is barking so if readers or listeners hear that that's what's happening in the background but last year like the state melt there was a meltdown uh, of, of local budgets because of all the uh, uh, inability or difficulty the state had in getting a budget passed and anything even close to a timely manner. So what what's the view this year going forward?
2: Uh, I had to use certain assumptions uh, to put the budget together. The governor presents his budget, uh, I believe it's two weeks from tonight or two weeks from tomorrow night, um, that funding would remain level uh, from the state government. Uh, based on some of the governor's comments um, that he wants to provide mill rate or tax relief on the municipal level. Um, The only way he's going to be able to do that, I assume, would be to send more money to towns and cities. Uh, I'm not aware of any other way that he can functionally meet the goal that he's put in place. So I think keeping uh, the assumptions level for the time being are okay. Uh, We do have time to pivot if the governor's numbers uh, come out drastically different. Uh, But as we saw two years ago when we had an issue with a funding cut uh, after one quarter of the, the fiscal year being gone. You know, the town does have the wherewithal to absorb some cuts, but at this point that wherewithal is getting smaller and smaller.
0: Uh, and then just switching to your suggestion or recommendation for the Board of Education, according to the register, that's a 1.8% increase uh, from year to year for the, school, the schools. They had requested 1.9%. Let me ask you a question. Is, is the school cutting it too close these last couple of years after all those uh, sort of years of acrimony? Uh, the school district has really sort of been uh, small uh, requests each year, especially compared to some of the surrounding municipalities. Um, could that be why we're seeing some of the uh, like internal issues that are going on? Because there's maybe administrators wearing too many hats uh, because they're trying to save money?
2: Um. Yeah. That's a that's a fair question. Uh, I think the reason why you're seeing lower initial requests is because of the relationship and partnership that we've uh, been able to develop with the Board of Education over the last couple of years, where the requests that they're putting forward are not really being touched by myself. They're not really being touched by the Board of Finance, and they're being put directly out to the people. So I think what you're seeing is the Board of Education is coming in with. Uh, numbers that they feel can continue to move the school district forward, but numbers that are also going to be palatable and acceptable to the residents who have the ultimate say. Uh, the Board of Education budgets passed on the, the first try, I believe, the last three years in a row, which is something we haven't seen in, in forever in Seymour.
0: And then some other highlights, uh, according to Gene in the Register, $37,500 toward hiring a third school resource officer, a cost the town will split with the school board, Uh, $35,000 to bring an economic development person on board through the Connecticut Economic Resource Center. So that is in line with what you were talking about earlier with the town's Economic Development Commission being recharged and repopulated. It looks like they'll be working with someone uh going forward kurt is that mm-hmm. uh yes yes uh, and then thirty thousand dollars for it for a town planner that would be shared with a neighboring oxford and these are
2: things that are already in the budget so it's just money that was kept in place but i highlighted that to the board of finance so they had an understanding of the direction that we we're looking at for the next fiscal year i didn't want them to say well you know bob looker's retired we don't have a town planner, well, we can cut that money. Or, you know, Fred Masori has left to go to work in another town. We can cut that money. I wanted them to understand that the selectmen, you know, have plans in place to refill those positions and move forward to make sure they kept the money in the budget.
0: Gotcha. And then uh, this is one that I think uh, people will like, assuming they like Christmas and fireworks. Uh, $5,000 to the Seymour Land Trust to bring back uh, that event at the uh, at the Seymour Landress? Because I guess this year they just couldn't raise the money uh, to make it happen. Uh,
2: yeah, that was uh, something that was requested. Uh, I put into the budget because there was uh, space. And that's something that the Board of Finance will debate and decide if uh, it's something that they would like to keep.
0: Okay, and Stefan, as the leader of the minority party on the Board of Selectmen, at least last I checked, uh, your take on uh, Kurt's spending plan at this time. I guess we've got some, this is pretty early in the, in the whole budget process.
3: Yeah, Yeah, it it is early and, um, you know, unfortunately this year I was not at the, uh, at Kurt's presentation. I had another town meeting at the same time. So I I didn't see it and I haven't seen his, uh, his budget line by line. Um, You know, quick takeaways are it's nice that we won't see a mill rate increase, uh, hopefully. you know, and and I, I'd have to uh, get a little bit more information. Hopefully, at the uh, the budget hearing in March, uh, to get to get a better answer for you. But um, I think there's I think there's some good stuff in there. I think there's some some good ways that we're moving the town forward. That's all kind of been planned out ahead of time. So uh, so those things are good.
0: Okay, and we're about 45 minutes into this podcast, and I, 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 I am ready to wrap it up, but I want to ask uh, you gentlemen, uh, you know, I had my uh, topics that I broached, and the people had theirs. Uh, first, to Selectman Buhuniak, is there anything you want to touch upon before we call it a night and you get yourself some uh, cold and flu medicine?
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, not right now, unless Kurt has something else um, i I apologize for not being on my A-game tonight. Normally I would probably have a lot more for you, but I've just been trying to uh, to recuperate here. So uh, I'm not I'm not at my best, but I, I promise I will be at the next one.
0: No, totally understood. What about you, first, Wickman Miller?
2: Oh, I just want to circle back to one of the questions, uh, particularly with regards to regionalizing the schools. Um, and, you know, the, the issue that I have with the proposal is, uh, you know, I don't necessarily have an issue with regionalization. Um, because I think there's a lot of benefits to that, and the towns and cities um, are working on on doing that, but it needs to be organic. It can't be forced. And the concern I have is Hartford essentially dictating down to the towns and cities, you need to do this. And throwing a proposal out using um, you know the probate court area, you know is is just and I understand it's trying to start a conversation, and I get that. But trying to put Ansonia, Derby, Seymour, and Woodbridge together, who already has a regional school system, just is not going to work. What the state needs to do is finally say no to these towns and cities that continually want to build schools, unless they're going through the process of talking to their neighbors to see if it honestly does make sense. And I'll give an example. I've had conversations with First Selectman Temple out in Oxford about trying to bring Seymour and Oxford back together. I mean, we were partners before. No reason why we couldn't be partners. Again, relatively brand new Oxford High School, relatively brand new Seymour High School. Why couldn't Oxford High School be the middle school, Seymour High School be the high school, and we move forward together instead of Oxford building a brand new 30 or $40 million middle school that's going to be funded 65 cents on the dollar by the state of Connecticut. So the issue I have is the state of Connecticut says one thing and does something entirely different. So if they really want to have towns and cities talk about regionalization, then they need to at some point say enough is enough. We're not bonding any more money. And you guys need to come together and figure something out before we
0: will. Which I think there was a story, but I didn't read it. I think there's a story today. Uh, where Lamont was saying that it's on the CT mirror, where he he was uh, uh, saying uh, no more borrowing, basically. But I don't, I didn't really see the plan. But he kind of echoed what what you were saying. But how real is this talk of uh, uh, recombining the Oxford Seymour school districts? What's
2: well, it's I mean, it, it's it was conversation between First Lebanon Temple and myself. You know, how can we try to control costs between the two towns? You know, how can we help? You know, I'm looking at this from Oxford's perspective as well. You know, they might, they're they going to end up spending 10 or $15 million to build this school. We have these schools already in place. Why are we spending the money? But again, there's, there's really no incentive for it. The people in Oxford want their own middle school. They feel that they can afford it. They want to move forward with it. Okay, so
0: this so, is sort of an informal—there's no, like, you're—, you're Oh, you're, no, like, not at all. No. Is there a next it's, step? This was just you You guys sort of lamented.
2: Right, because, I mean, first, uh, the mayors of First Celefian are always talking about ways that we can come together to do things. Right. A lot of it's just informal talk to see what can and cannot fit, and this is one that just—that that question kind of teed me up a little bit um, mm-hmm. to talk about this, because, uh, again, the, we— Sometimes we need to be pushed, but we need to be pushed in the right way. Gotcha. And I don't think forcing us to go by probate court districts is the way to do it. But you know, getting so, back to the comment you just said about uh, Governor um, Lamont saying he's going to cut bonding uh, by 39%, I think that's exceptional. Um, but I wait to see where that 39% is going to come from. And the concern that I have is it's going to be things like town road aid, and low SEP and other infrastructure projects.
0: You're going to have to sell the fish bypass. That's what'll it happen.
2: Well, yeah. Well, that was that was federal money, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but that what that's essentially going to do is, while it sounds great at the state level, that's just going to put even more pressure on municipal budgets because the money that we count on to do these projects is no longer going to be available. So you know, I, I'm. I'm happy to hear he's talking about it, but I'll wait to see what he actually recommends in two weeks when he puts his budget out.
0: Okay. Stefan, you had started to say something? Yeah, I just oh. I, I think that,
3: um, you know, Kurt has, has some points that I, I agree and disagree with there about the school regionalization. Um, again, this is kind of outside of my uh, control, but I, I don't, you know, I think that the, the idea that, Uh, districts would be forced to to abide by the probate districts is something that's also kind of a Republican talking point based on a uh, you know a conversation starter essentially Um, you know the uh, Senator Looney who introduced the bill you know said that um, you know he said that that was just a starting point so that's not something that should be taken as gospel um, and, and I think that the state should at, at some times be uh, you know, poking towns to do what's, what's in the, uh, the best interest of the whole state, uh, if it makes sense.
2: But that is in the initial language of the bill, though. And again, that's, that's the concern. I'm not saying what you're saying is, is wrong, Stefan, at all. But what I'm saying is the, the language and the ideas that come out of Hartford, they're legislators, they're not managers. And there's right. a very big difference between what legislators do and what managers do. And on our level... I mean we're managers we're responsible for managing the towns um, when I say us, I mean I mean the whole board slackman right it's and, and it, no it, I agree it, with that but you have you to know.
3: you have to put language in these bills you know and, and as you know very well every bill that's put up there is, is subject to uh, you know tedious review and re- rewriting so uh, you know I think it was just a conversation that starter that's kind of being blown a little bit out of proportion yeah in well, my opinion. the
2: the source is the other scary thing <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. the president of the Senate not going to put a bill forward. I think that's not going to have some legs. Um, while I agree with you, I think the the language will ultimately change. Um, you know, had this been a new, you know, the freshman senator from uh, Greenwich, had she put it forward? Okay, I would say yeah, absolutely. Um, but when you know Senator Looney puts a bill forward, it's got a little juice behind it, and that's the scary thing.
3: Sure, that's fair.
0: All right, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for uh, allowing me to uh, slide into your DMs. Isn't that what I kind of did with this call, right? Can I have? A, did I use that <laughs> phrase correctly? We're doing this via Facebook yeah, okay, Messenger. Yeah, <laughs> God, this is fun. All right. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you so much. All right, Eugene, thank you a lot. I'll, Great talking, guys. I'll see you next time.
1: course just about dead we'll ride the dinosaur yeah ride the dinosaur our readers are in the opens each day